Welcome to the Fearless and Successful Podcast, brought to you by Coach D. That is me, and it is designed for changemakers just like you. I am an international success and business coach, and I love, love, love supporting you on your journey to ultimate health, happiness, and freedom. I obsess on all things mindset mastery and business strategy that allow you to design the life on your own terms. This podcast will be led through my three P's, productivity, purpose, and profit, and I will do my best to bring you the industry leaders on these topics, and I am also going to provide you with solo episodes where I'm going to talk about these three P's. If you are ready to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world, let's get this party started. Welcome, welcome, yes. welcome Frenchie. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And let us know where are you tuning in from? New York City, Manhattan. My dream list. <laughs> have you been? Uh, or is it just, is it, no, like, have you? No. Okay. I so want well, to go. Uh, my oldest daughter, she's 13, and she's like, Mom, this would be like the ultimate girls um visit and i'm just like yeah yeah i'm i'm dreaming <laughs> well when you come let me know <laughs> well 100 and you know what have you always been in new york are you born and raised in new york i'm oh, born and goodness. raised new yorker we're rare breed rare breed oh that's super fun well, so to get today, I'm joined with Frenchie, and we're gonna talk some uh, business growth and strategy. Um, but on top of that, like we're gonna have super awesome conversation because she's also almost mom of two, and you know <laughs> we love to get harmonized in business and life, and just I think this is gonna be such a purposeful and meaningful conversation of two badass women who are making impact. Um, Frenchie, tell me, where did your story start? How did you start it as a business growth and uh, strategy expert? So I love this question. I, I don't, I actually realized recently that this business started like 10 years ago. I just didn't know it until like a year ago, <laughs> if that makes sense. And about 10 years ago, I was like backpacking in Southeast Asia. And I had this like whole new perspective of like, just, I don't want to be stuck working all the time. And I started thinking about what would it look like to own my own business one day? And then I totally forgot about it. And I came back to New York and I really focused on working in startups for a long time. And I was working mostly in co-working startups and growing and scaling those. Um, and my main core focus was like operation strategy and really customer experience overall. Um, and then a lot of things changed in that world during COVID and you know the start of COVID and all of that. Um, and so at the end of, well, mid around September, 2020, so just about a year ago, I decided to leave my job. I had a one-year-old at home and I was like, I don't want to look for another job anymore. Like that idea that I had that I would start a business one day, the, the time is now. And when I had originally started thinking about having a business, I always thought I would be like a founder. And I was always trying to think of my million dollar idea. And then I kind of realized like, wait, what if I'm my million dollar idea? What if the experience that I've like garnered over the past years building startups is nice. something that I can package and market and sell and really add value to people's businesses through? Um, and so 
literally from one day to the next, I was like, okay, this is what I do now. And people were like, what? And I was like, uh-huh, this is my business. And here we go. Um, and it's been a real journey since, but it's been a lot of fun. I love that. Um, so 10, 10 year idea in the making. I loved the saying, I don't know who said that, but like, you know, overnight success is 10 years in the making. Um, so Frenchie didn't just pop out, like she had this idea. Um, and now she is, you are really like helping, um, you know, big players, right? People to get to seven figures. So how does that look like? So I think one of the things that I really noticed when I started kind of like when I came into the online business space, which like I could go down a whole rabbit hole around like some of the stuff that I've seen going on that I think because I left like, you know, corporate startups and I was like, oh, no more politics. And then I came into the online business mm -hmm. space and I was like, OK, no politics are everywhere. Um, but the thing I really noticed and I noticed this in startups, too, and it, what was interesting about my startup experience was that because I was working mostly in co-working spaces, I was working in startups, with startups and entrepreneurs. So I really have met so many different business owners. And people are often so obsessed with what to do and like their task list, but nobody teaches them how to work, how to prioritize effectively, how to really think about time management, not as like your task list and things like that, but like really like what you wanna do with your time and the impact that you wanna have with your time, where to invest wisely, how to have a customer centric experience. And I, that's really, to me, like the unlock for so many people in like, who are kind of hitting plateaus in their business is that they're so focused on what to do and what they need to focus on that they forget to like think holistically about like their business as a system, as like a living, breathing system that lives within their life. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like our lives don't live within our business our businesses live within our lives. Um, and so that's really what I'm focused on is like you know, helping people navigate things like shiny object syndrome, helping people actually build a strategy that's designed for sustainable, scalable growth, not quick wins. Um, and really showing people how to factor in all the like data points makes it sound boring, but all the information that we're getting about our business all the time into how they make choices and how they actually take action to grow their business. Mm, I love this. You said something that really like intrigued me, uh, sustainable, scalable growth. Yes. About that. So one of the things that I noticed myself getting trapped in, well, yes. So when I first started, I noticed myself seeing people being like in within six months, I made X number of dollars and feeling some level of triggered by that. Right. Where I was like, should I be doing that? I haven't, I haven't done that in this business at six months yet. Um, and then I really paused for a minute and I thought back to my startup experience and thought back to a very, you know, cliche phrase, which is like the faster you climb, the harder you fall or what have you. And mm. I realized like, personally, I didn't start my own business in order to climb really fast and then see what happens. I started my own business so that I can, for the next 10, 20 and beyond years, be present for my family, be present for my business, and really think about making the money that I want to make and making big money, but also not at the cost of everything else in my life, my well being, my personal time, my freedom, my joy, the things that are fun for me. Um, and so that's really what I think about sustainable growth, like, in general, it's not sustainable 
to, you know, work yourself so thin that you're on the verge of burnout all the time. Um, and sometimes I think that's like the belief that that's what we need to do. Um, and it's interesting because I was talking to someone recently who was saying that she's building her business in order to sell it. So she's willing to take that risk and to be on thin ice because she's on like a three to five year plan. And I was like, mm -hmm. I get that. That is a, that is one approach that is going to be sustainable Different, for yeah. you. But if I'm just, if I'm looking to have this kind of like ongoing business, it's not about my success in the next three weeks. It's about my success in the next three years, the next 10 years and far beyond that. Mm, I love that. And I would love to go a little bit deeper because I think that now during pandemic, we had so many like pop-ups. <laughs> They're not even startups, but they have pop-ups. Like entrepreneurs <laughs> who are just like rising up and they like or want to be entrepreneurs. And I'm not saying like you who had this idea and you work in the, in this industry with kind of a natural flow and transition. But people just like lost their job. What do I do? I'm going to start a business. Online thing is so cool. Mm -hmm. I can make money online without having that vision and without having, you know, not, not even a clear direction, but something that is meaningful and something that is like mission driven. And on the other hand, we have like these amazing change makers who are really driven and really want to disrupt that, uh, the industries. And they're really like, so passionate about what they do and then you have like these pop-ups that are just like growing like you know i i don't know do you have expression like like um mushrooms after the rain that's an expression that we have right i don't know but here in sweden it's like yeah, yeah mushrooms are pop so it's like um is that what we are talking about this is it's not scalable it's not sustainable it's, it's it's usually i mean it can be sustainable but it's usually not and i think that so much of it is tied to what you're thinking about when you start your business, right? So I think that a lot of people, the pop-ups that you're talking about started, it was like a little bit of survival mode, right? It was like, okay, mm -hmm. well, I lost my job. This is going to be the easiest way for me to make money right now. And I can work from home. And that might be the right choice for them right now. But in general, the clients that I'm working with are thinking about how they're building their business for the long term, how their business is going to be a tool or a vehicle to sustain like their lives and livelihood in the long term. And I think that's just a different mindset that you approach it with. So some people might just be like, need quick wins, because financially, that's what they need to do. And that's going to be how they tackle it. Um, mm. But it's a very different way of starting a business and growing a business than thinking about your business becoming like a lifelong business that grows with you. And that kind of has like this, I'm sure crazy winding journey over time. Um, and I think that's, an important distinction. Yeah, 100%. And it actually leads me to the topic of our conversation. Um, the magic is in the, the delivery. And I think it's like, it, it speaks so much to, to people who you work with and who I work with. Like, we're so kind of a, we're, we don't take a responsibility for our clients' results, but yet we want to, we're result-driven, right? So that will tell me a little bit yeah. about your approach and how do you work with, with that magic? That. Yeah, I mean, so what's interesting is, again, my background is so tied in hospitality that I can't help to bring hospitality with me no matter what I'm doing. And so I consider myself a hospitality person still, even though I'm no longer technically in traditional hospitality. Um, but another kind of observation I had when I first started, um, and when I first kind of started just exploring and researching more is that 
so much of the focus in so many people's businesses and the business coaches' businesses emphasize the like more upstream parts of the business, right? Lead generation, conversions, you know, sales, conversions, so on and so forth. And that's great. And that's really important. But I always ask people this question. Okay, so imagine you made the program, you sold the program, you sold it out, right? You sold it to the number of people that you dreamed of in your head, which is usually tied to like a financial goal, which makes sense, but also can be tricky because then you're not sure if you're actually ready for them. But anyway, and then what, like, what happens once they start? Do you know? Are you prepared mm -hmm. for them to actually start? Are you prepared for the customer service questions? Are you prepared to support them in their transformation? Can you actually support that kind of that number of people in their transformation? Or were you so kind of like blinded by having like a massive sold out launch that you mm. forgot about how you were actually going to execute once you closed cart. And so Boom. sometimes we get this tunnel vision from like pre-launch, launch runway, all through that. And then we get to, like closed cart and we're like, oh shit, what do I do now? Um, so with hundreds of people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, and you might not have the resources. And so this is also ties back to sustainable growth is that maybe your first launch is only 10 people. I'm just throwing a number out there. Depends on the program. And that's a good thing because then you start to understand what are the customer service issues that are coming up? Where are the gaps in the experience? Where did I make a promise but not deliver on that promise? And you can mm -hmm. really audit and you can troubleshoot along the way because you don't have to serve thousands of people. Now we look at people who have programs that do have thousands of people in them and they have really large teams supporting that delivery and supporting the experience. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the questions you always ask yourself like, Am I prepared? Do I know how I'm going to deliver on the promise that I made in my launch and in my sales? Yeah, that, this is really, really relevant, especially for, hi, Sheldon, especially for people who are just starting out and people who are thinking like, hi, I have this new pro product. And what happens to, I don't know, maybe you experience that as well with your clients or in your work. It's like, I, I have this number, I want to have 50 or 100 students, but they never ask themselves, not if, they, if that's optimistic to actually enroll them. Everything is possible, but do you have the capacity to serve at that level? Because mm -hmm. I think that every time you like grow, is a different mindset uh, in you. Like you're a different person, right? When you go from mm -hmm. one to two, from two to four, from four to eight, it's different. Like it's not the same. And sometimes when, when I say to people, just start with one, you know, don't start like with big numbers. And they say, no, this is not how you grow. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, there is no patience. I feel that in this industry, like people are so impatient. I just want to have big numbers and big impact right now, like yesterday. Right. right? No, I think that's spot on. And, and I think what's interesting is you're right. Like there's definitely something for people for people who are in the earlier stages. But one of the things that I've noticed with my clients in particular, is like people who are like plateauing in like early six figures or early multiple six figures are often still struggling on the delivery side. And so part mm. of the reason that they're plateauing is that they're spending so much time on the marketing and on the like top yeah, of funnel yeah. because they're always generating new leads. And actually the more that they invest in the delivery, the more that those leads are self-generating because people are having such good experiences that they're doing the work for them. 
And mm-hmm. that often is like a key cause for like plateaus where you're like, you want to break through them. And then you can't because like, you keep getting sucked into always finding new people yourself. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the hamster wheel. <laughs> there we are. Okay, so let's go, <laughs> let's go deeper into that, because I think some folks will, will resonate with that. Um, I sure do, because I went from three three team members um, in September 2020 to now having just one team member because I just felt it was like not scaling because I had to be like, I was working in the weeds and then I had this amazing team, but none of us were working our genius. So it was like, hey, let's, let's just pause. Let's just have back. Um, but tell me like, if you if you are at that capacity where you are scaling and you are getting new team members, what is the first mm-hmm. step when it comes to your to delivery? How do you get all the team on board? That's a really good question. I mean, I think that it starts with evaluation, right? So it would be tricky to hire a team member to begin with who doesn't, from like a values perspective, have a similar commitment to delivery, and I think. Again, there's an interesting like magnetism towards marketing as like the most valuable skill. And I think that marketing is hugely valuable skill set. So I don't want to undermine it. But sometimes I think that actually the thing to listen for is where are the gaps in me in the customer journey overall? And then where do I, how do I fill those gaps or offset those gaps? Mm. So not hire necessarily for the same skills as I have. Um, And so what that can look like is like, I'll speak for myself, right? Like delivery is like my jam. So, but where I'm sometimes less skilled is on the marketing side. And so I know that like when I hire someone, it's going to be focused more on like the lead generation side, because I can really own the delivery piece. But if I think about the journey that the customers are going on when they're coming into my business and working with me, I want to offset my weaknesses in that first hire to some degree. Um, Mm. and so for someone who might not think about delivery as much, I think you want someone who is kind of has a forward thinking lens who can play the tape forward for what the customer experience should look like. Um, and who really is hungry to deliver on that. Someone who loves to like, kind of like has that joy of bringing joy, I think is really, really important. Um, someone who feels a sense of accountability to those outcomes, both with regards to like the actual outcomes that they have, but also the business impact that it can have if someone doesn't have a great experience working with you, which I think sometimes we forget about. Um, So I think that those are some good places to start. Um, And then I think it's the type of person who is a little bit unflappable because I always say this, the magic is in, in the delivery and you need to focus on that. Part of focusing on that is setting really, really clear guidelines, boundaries, and expectations around what you do and what you don't do. Like, you're not responsible for each individual person's happiness. You're responsible to deliver on whatever you're promising Mm. them. And Mm -hmm. the unflappable person needs to just be able to like have that kind of like emotional boundary. Otherwise, when you get into like the more customer servicey and like delivery side of things, when people are mad, it can be easy to like personalize it too much. Oh, I love that. So you, you, you brought two really important distinctions here. I love what you said, bring people who love to who who have joy to bring joy that was like super yeah. cool like i love that <laughs> uh you know that they are always like service driven and they want to provide value like that that's super cool and you're not responsible for other people's happiness like yeah that's super on point um i love that 
Um, so tell me, like, what is the, the so we talked a little bit about the uh, challenges of, of scaling too fast or sca uh, hitting the plateau, um, prob problems with delivery. What are some other like, challenges that you see with your clients? Um, so some of the other challenges are specifically in general tied to struggling with prioritization. And to me, mm -hmm. knowing yeah. how to, and, and, and prioritization goes hand in and hand. And you said boundaries. So let's go back, like okay, boundaries yes. and prioritization. Okay, yeah, these are too good. Yeah. So in terms of, I'll start with prioritization. But I think that with the prioritization, sometimes we don't understand that everything is kind of a trade-off. And mm. I know that like, there's, so basically people are like, will take on, I've had clients who just keep taking on work because it sounds smart, which it usually is, but then they can't do it all. So they deliver on everything for themselves, for their own business at 15, 20%, whatever you want to call it, but not enough because they're like, no, we need to do a little bit of everything. And actually it's more about defining specifically what is going to be the fastest way for you to get where you want to go and then mm. what are you actively choosing not to do and I always create like a not doing list <laughs> with people who I'm working yes, with yes, yes. <laughs> I think if not it just swirls around in your head and so you're kind of like constantly thinking about what you should be doing where if you put on your not doing list you're like oh, okay no I'm not doing that right now I'm focusing 100% on this one specific thing and then when it's time, I can take on that other thing if it still makes sense then. Um, mm. But I do think that hustle culture and then just like corporate culture has made us think that like we need to do it all. And then a lot of people who are working with just as either as a solopreneur or even teams of like three to five are looking at much larger businesses and not really like looking behind the scenes at how many people and resources it requires for them to do what they're doing. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, super important. And Sarah said, like, struggling with prioritizing is big. Like, hi, Sarah. Um, I think that's a, a big, big issue. Um, would you say, like, and this is really, maybe you have data, maybe you know, like, is this an issue that we women have, like women entrepreneurs, or in general, like, men struggle with prioritizing as well? So I don't have data on this. Um, I can tell you from my startup experience that I've seen it kind of across the board. It's a little bit because I mean, so startups are like the startups that I worked in were like venture capital backed. And so there was enormous pressure to grow enormously fast, which is also where my obsession with sustainable mm -hmm. growth came from. Um, because investors just want a faster return. Um, and so with that kind of pressure, I saw that like difficulty across men and women in the same in the same way. Um, I think that where women struggle more often is like, I mean, and I don't want to overgeneralize, but it's like if they have children or if they're like running households or if they have like any caregiving responsibilities, then there's like prioritizing the work, the mental load and all the other stuff that like we just know tends to be more of a kind of responsibility that's put on women versus men. So I think that sometimes it's like the priorities that like cross between work and life can be more challenging for women, but overall business wise, I think mean, people struggle with it equally. 
Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's a, a yeah, legit. <laughs> um, it, unfortunately, it, it is. Um, we, I think we we here in Sweden are in such a bubble because we have like equal maternity yeah. and paternity leave, and it's like you know, it's it's such a gender equality, and we are experience like sometimes it's like yeah, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah we 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 equally do everything together so it's like yeah um so that's interesting um yeah boundaries would that boundaries. be something that women like struggle more than than men i mean i don't know i want to say yes but i you know i don't also like i don't know that i've spoken to enough men to actually like have heard about their experience and i'm sure that they have their own experiences around it too um I think that, you know, and I work with, I tend to work with mostly women. So that's just like kind of the wheelhouse that I know more. I mean, the thing about boundaries in general is that like boundaries are often think like we often think about boundaries as like fixed where I think boundaries are very fluid. And what flexible. I mean by that is like mm -hmm. flexible. Yeah. And so if I think about boundaries, like, sure. Okay. Right now I'm in my office. Right. So the boundaries are very clear. Like the door's closed. There's the four mm -hmm. walls. Those are the boundaries of the office. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> if I'm doing something like this, I try to lock the door so my kid doesn't walk in. Um, but there's emotional boundaries that we- Any mo cross. working mamas in the house, like, give me, give me a yay in the chat. <laughs> um, so, but then there's also things like emotional boundaries that we kind of cross on our own all the time. And so if I think about shiny object syndrome, which loves to get mm -hmm. like thrown around a lot, to me, that's also an issue with boundaries because rather than trusting, okay, this is my strategy. This is how I'm going to approach it. You keep doubting that what you're doing is not, is going to work, is not going to work or whatever. And then you keep like being a sponge to all the information out there mm. and creating and nurturing yourself doubt. To me, that's also not respecting your own boundaries, but it's very different than like my locked door and it's much harder to control. So I think that boundaries um, require like to me it's a balance of like action and like strategic work and then a lot of like either like personal psychological mindset coaching work ah oh, i love that and this is the nugget shiny object syndrome is a form of non-boundary <laughs> i don't know I want, what i wanted to say with that but yeah that uh, yeah i think that that's like you are actually compromising your own integrity and your own self-belief when mm -hmm. you are chased and probably like raise your hand if you ever chased a uh, shiny object like i know i have <laughs> totally totally and this is why you know when i work with business owners on their priorities I like really have to make sure that they feel really committed to it because in a lot of ways, shiny object syndrome is reactive. It means that we are hearing marketing messages and we're assuming that these are things that we should do because of a really well-crafted message. And instead, when I talk to CEOs and business owners, I'm like, okay, let's do some proactive investing here. What do you need in your business? What are your priorities? And then go find the best person to help you like yeah. actually take action on that priority. But in our world, so often what's happening is that we're taking action on the inbound messaging and actually part of also protecting our boundaries is saying, this is what I'm working on in my business. How do I supplement it to be the most effective in making it happen? 
This is so, so good because I recently had so many conversation with, with my peers and at this level, like six figure and beyond, like, it's like, I grew so fast, so much that I'm like fed up with a personal growth. And it's like, and I had a conversation with really good friend and she said, maybe you don't need to invest anymore in a personal growth and business growth. Maybe you just need to invest in yourself. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I'm such a personal growth junkie that like, and I let, let it like sink to me, like, and was like, oh, it was hard pill to swallow because mm -hmm. we're so obsessed with growth. And it's like, oh, okay. So maybe I just need to prioritize relationships and invest into life coach or, you know, leadership or whatever, you know, um, because first thing I hope for, uh, I hope so when you are growing business, you find a business mentor to help you like grow the business. Right. And you don't think about, you know, life or relationships, at least this is how in my circle are things are done. And then like what gets, what suffers is like life and relationships. And mm -hmm. I, I tend to see like so many, um, entrepreneurs like getting you know but this is who I am my identity is entrepreneur I'm I'm gonna keep feeding this business machine and not myself right right exactly exactly no I think tons of people struggle with that mm. so, so I like how you said that feeding the business machine and not myself like you are the business yeah. machine you're right like it's so bad it's so counterintuitive right <laughs> totally so, yeah so yeah, yeah i i love that we are having this conversation and personal growth and spirituality is best when loved like sarah i love like you're preaching girl like this is so yeah. beautiful um yeah guys if you have any questions for frenchie just drop them in but yeah so what would be some some like give us some nuggets like give us a, an action step so we are challenged we are challenged with signing object syndromes uh we we can't prioritize we can't set up boundaries what would be like one piece of advice or two that you can give us right now that we can like what do you give to your clients is there a framework or something that we can take and, and just implement yes so I really focus on this framework around CEO habits and like the four key habits are really learning how to prioritize, maximizing your time in a way that's not like, you know, just giving all of your time to your business, investing wisely so that you can achieve what you want and focusing on your customers. So to me, if you can master those four habits, then you're really on track to continuous sustainable growth. Um, I think very specifically when it comes to priorities, we need to get really clear on the fact that one priority should have a measurable impact. And in a given time, usually let's say if you work in quarters, you work in quarters, if you work six months, you work six months. Like I don't like to get too prescriptive around how people like work in their time. Um, you don't really wanna be going full on on more than like two, maybe three things. And mm -hmm. if you have more than that many priorities in your business, right? We all have like life priorities outside of it you're probably going to disappoint yourself at some point along the way and not actually achieve the results that you expect those priorities to achieve. So I would say action step today, look at your priorities list and ask yourself, what would it take for me to get this down to two or three things? And how much deeper could I go on those two or three things if I give myself permission to focus only on that? Yeah, I love this. Love this. And yeah, this is so, so good. Such a great, great point. Um, 
So guys, I would love for you, if you're like listening this right now or on the podcast or tuning in and watching replay, I would love for you to commit yourself to one of these habits and just say, hey, I'm going to do this and we're going to check in. Who are the action takers in the house? I really love this because this is so on point. And I think, Frenchie, you are also... You have a, f- a pr- program, right, that is connected to the, these four habits, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit yes. about that. So I have a program called Business Genius Boot Camp. It is a fast and dirty four-week boot camp <laughs> that really goes through <laughs> yeah, exactly um, the frameworks that you need to implement these habits and to master them. And so you learn in the program what they are, and then the ongoing work is just to keep them implementing them and challenging yourself to keep implementing them. Um, so we just closed our round recently with our latest crew and I'm having a baby in a few weeks. So I'll be launching again early next year. Um, But I'm really, really excited to bring it back because I mean, the people who joined, I just saw the impact that it had on them for them to actually think about how they work and not just what they're working on. And it was like really, really game changing. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. I think that's so, so important. And yeah, super awesome. I'm I'm just looking forward to see like what are people committed to, you know, because I think that a lot of people don't even realize we are habitual beings. Like how you do everything is how you no, how you do one thing is yeah. how you do everything, you right? Do everything. And, yes. Right. And and if we don't get these habits in place, like and it's small shifts. It doesn't need to be something big. It's like really tiny shifts. Um super cool. And if people want to know more about you, what is your favorite platform to connect? (laughs) Um, I always love to connect on Instagram. Um, I have a couple freebies on my Instagram, which you can sign up for um, and also get my emails. Um, I just quick plug for my emails because I just like love writing them. I just basically they're like, I just tell stories like crazy stories about my life that like somehow tie into business. And like, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if this makes any sense, but like, it's personal and I share it and I like just love the feedback that I get on them because it's like, it's, you know, there's, there's no real agenda. They're not very salesy. They're not anything like that. It's just like me showing up and I love to just share in that way. I love that. I love your heart. You're so like such a, yeah, value driven. Love, love that. So guys, please connect. You have on the screen and we're going to drop it in the chat as well. Connect with Frenchie on Instagram. We love Insta. And you guys, if you if you have any messages, like just you know, DM her and say, Hey, I love this about your your talk with D or anything. Like, we love she's like two weeks away from second baby. Like, give her some. I'll be, love. I'll be on Instagram. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll still be on Instagram. What are you supposed to do when you're up all night with baby? You go on Instagram. <laughs> so so good. Um, is there anything that I forgot to ask you and you would love to share? <laughs> I don't think so. This has been so fun. This has just been a fun conversation and I'm glad that we could have it and talk about these things. Yeah. I think like you point like a really, like I think the boundaries and prioritizing the things like you, like I think, yeah, prioritizing you and delivery, delivering the things that are in your framework and your capacity, super, super important. Um, yeah. And we have Sarah, so she's also be going to prioritizing. So I'm prioritizing even more, um, work less, deliver more. Yeah. I love it. That's it. That's, it. that's Go that. Sarah. <laughs> Go Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Was there anything else? No. So connect with her. Yeah, email. We have a, is this, you have an, uh, actually a freebie for us, right? Oh, perfect. Yes, I do. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I thought it was good. Um, yes, this freebie is a fun one. It's just nine actions that you can take to like, to just kind of kickstart your growth when you're feeling like things are a little slow and they're not like the most obvious things, um, but they're fun mm. ones that you can implement in like a minute or less each. So check that out. Yeah. So we're going to drop it in the chat and also in the show notes so you can get these um, nine actions. I think it's so, so cool um, that you have like four habits, nine actions. And it's like so, so super on point. <laughs> I mean, that's um, because that's like how my brain works. I'm like, no, we got to keep it simple. We got to make it actionable, easy to take care of all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. Um, you forgot any? No, that's it. Well, Frenchie, this was so, so delightful. I hope you have had fun. I hope baby feels like uh, welcome. He's excited. He's been, uh, he's been kicking around all, all our whole conversation. <laughs> so, so amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing, uh, because we are on the Fearless and Successful show, and I asked this all of my, my uh, guests, was there any... You know, you, you mentioned that you went from a, a startup and working with corporates, like and really like entrepreneurs on a big, big scale. And then you decided to uh, start your own business just a year ago. But was there like, obviously, that was a big leap. Uh, was there like a point in your life or business where you felt like really shit scared, but you did it anyway? And you feel like, yeah, yeah, this was so good. I mean, I am a scaredy cat. I feel scared all the time. Um, so I, <laughs> that's just worth noting. Um, I felt really scared when I, in the first like two weeks of doing Insta stories and like doing sel selfie stories or something, I don't, because I just felt like I was so vulnerable and so exposed and I was doing something like was just out of my comfort zone because I never really talked about myself. I was always promoting other businesses or working for other businesses. Mm -hmm. And so giving myself that like permission to take up that space felt very out of character and like a stretch for me. Um, but now I love it. Now it's my favorite thing to do. So it really shifted and transitioned. Um, and I'm glad that it did. Isn't this fun? Like how people think like something is really, really scary, but when it, when it becomes a habit, you actually love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay, here I am. And then you're like, you realize how, especially in things like that, where it was just me making assumptions about what people were thinking about me, which is like not even fair for me to project onto them. Um, you're like, hmm. oh, people don't really care. So I can just like show up and be myself. I'm like, let's make that okay. Okay, so D is going to give you an action. So write down yeah. a thing that scares you the most. And if if it's late, not, not you, you, you go and rest. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Are, are you ready? Okay. So you listeners and uh, you, you who are watching. So write down one thing that is like super, super scary to you. And if it's late now, do it tomorrow. Like, what is the thing that I can do and feel it like, yeah, it's scary, but I can overcome this. And like, like Frenchie did, like maybe in a while I'm going to love it. Um, so like, just keep in mind that everything that stretches you, it will also you know, contribute to your growth 
um, and will probably will contribute to your to your audience because you are revealing a part of yourself that it's vulnerable, that it's like really like raw and honest. So that's that's always going to be authentic and that's always going to bring value because people will relate with you, right? Yeah. Okay, guys, I love you so much. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Sheldon, for joining us live. Thank you, Frenchie, for being such an thank awesome you. guest. Um, <laughs> yeah, have a, an amazing day, and yeah, hope thank to you. speak soon. Yeah. All right, bye. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Thank you so much, Fearless Soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know your time is the most valuable asset, so I don't take this lightly. As a sign of appreciation, I would love to give you free access to my 21-day Mindset Mastery and Business Strategy program. All you need to do is take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in EG Stories. Until next time, dreamer. Mwah.